Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What happens at the moment of death? What are the black or translucent blobs people sometimes report? Could the whole UFO uproar be a ploy to control the population? Hello and welcome to the 903rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno coming to you from WON, AM and FM radio here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and on TuneIn.com. I'm Ben and those diverse questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures and dad, Paul. And uh, today we bring you some open lines and this show is a real live one. Uh, well, and, and we welcome uh, sitting in today... Uh as our guest co-host, uh, the one and only Rick Eno, our trusty cousin, a certified investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, and our show's Northern California reporter. He comes to us via Skype from the San Francisco area. So, Rick Eno, uh, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with, uh, I guess, uh, the Trace Enos here. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And more importantly, Ben, I love that shirt. Hey, you know, sometimes you just have to feel like you're on vacation when you're not on vacation. Hawaii's appropriate today. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, was it, uh, what's the movie with, um, was it Clint Eastwood and, and, and the lunatic, he's a radio host, and the, the, the lunatic uh, woman kind of comes into his life and yells at her, and it's... Um, I, I can't mean, remember the name, but, but there's a shirt just like that that one of his co-hosts. You know, had. I was thinking Jurassic Park, um, where Newman from Seinfeld. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's that's more what I, oh, okay. I was going right. for, because I have more of a Newman vibe than a Clint Eastwood vibe. All right, well, we'll deal with dinosaurs later, but mm. we better get on with the show here. So let's, uh, let's get on with it. And um, we have uh, a lot of things to get to today. Why don't we start with... Charlie from Willow Creek, Oregon. Ah, yes. Becoming as dependable as Peter, it yes, seems. Yes, we have many, many faithful questions. Pervasive Peter. Good questions. Yes. So, Charlie, or Charlie, or Charlie, Charlie. writes to us, uh, what do the uh, Wampanoag people actually Wampanoag. say? Wampanoag. Jeez. Wampanoag people actually say about the Bridgewater Triangle. And additionally, how would one uh, go about cleansing the area if that were possible? Uh, would commanding a herd of pigs to absorb the negativity, then go over a cliff and drown, uh, work for the Bridgewater locale? Uh, I'm not being facetious. Sorry if it sounds like it. Uh, well, the background here, the Bridgewater Triangle is uh, one of the areas we investigate as a flap area, our own term, where there are all sorts of phenomena going on that are not traditionally related to one another. Uh, a lot of UFO sightings from way, way back. And the Wampanoag people are the ones who have uh, jurisdictional sway over much of that land. It's uh, uh, over 220-mile square area, practically within sight of Boston. A lot of people don't realize that inside of the big city, essentially, is uh, this wilderness area that, that's really quite uh, beautiful in itself. Uh, we've had some interesting experiences there, so have a lot of other people. Uh, there are... Uh, well, as long with UFOs and uh, cryptids, you know, like strange creatures, uh, including thunderbirds, mm. as the First Nations might say, uh, there are some. There's some strange uh, semi-military activity that we went, we observed once. Mm. There was uh, there are puckwudgies, which are supposed to be little people, 
and uh, we've talked to uh, witnesses there uh, about that, and we actually got some strange photographs ourselves of what appeared to be little people when we were there in 2010. Uh, I was there twice last week. I don't like to be there. Many of the flap areas we investigate are sacred to me. There's a certain sanctity to the Pennsylvania Triangle, in my experience, although others have had bad things happen there. But this, it's very negative about, and you yourself picked that up, Ben, um, uh, when, when we've been there, uh, sort of a negative vibe to the place, and, yeah. uh, which is, I think, what Charlie's getting at. How would you begin to remedy that, um, or could we? Well, that's a great question, and the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I guess uh, it's it's not it's not my particular area of expertise, I suppose, and I wouldn't want to go about telling people what to do because I don't know. Um, what I can tell you is commanding a herd of pigs to absorb it and then go running off a cliff and drown, that would not work um, <clears throat> because... There are no the, pigs there that I've ever seen. Or maybe there are. Maybe, who knows? Um, yeah. But the, the interesting thing about that, little quick aside... That's a gospel reference. It is. Yeah. It is indeed. And it's not quite accurate. It's it's uh, well not not inaccurate. It's 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 mostly the uh, the the sea anything that's a reference to to water in in the uh, in in Christian scripture. I think a lot of people kind of miss this. I learned this very recently that it's actually meant to symbolize chaos. That it's it's like the the chaos of the waters. And also in the sort of cosmological outlook of it, um, the abyss, as it's called, was in the water of chaos, which the pigs being thrown into the water uh, means that they're going to the abyss. Yeah, it it, it was uh, the the, the gathering demoniac, and Jesus had had cast a demon into the, the pigs and that's the gospel story and they ran into the water and drowned and i always kind of felt sorry for the pig farmer well the interesting thing is that the 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 demon there i think it was legion i don't know which one it was no it was was a different one i get i'm getting my 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 things confused um but the interesting thing is that uh they say why do you come to bother us before the time and you know it's it, which is an interesting statement in of it in and of itself because it references something else, but we're not going to get into that because there's someone calling. Okay, well I'll take it over, uh, Rick. Uh, I know you're not familiar with that particular uh, triangle, but uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, just uh, what Ben just talked about in the air is having the pigs go off a cliff into the water. What's interesting to me is uh, that anytime there's a reference of water, and I just learned this on the show, educating me, water representing chaos. Anytime you see I experience any type of paranormal activity. It's always a high water table. Yeah, always. we found the same thing. It's interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, well, th- there you have it. I think we'd better move on to our caller. Perhaps we can uh, make a few uh, points about this uh, question afterwards. Indeed. Uh, hello, yeah. welcome to WOON and Behind the Paranormal. It is Tom Spitaleri who Tom is joining Spitaleri. us. Tom Spitaleri, okay, very good. <laughs> Tom is uh, a, a phenomenon, is a force of nature, especially in the Haverhill Mass area. And Tom, uh, what's cooking? Okay, uh, we got him there. We still have you there, Tom. Oh, thought we did. Okay, give us a call back, Tom. Yeah, give us a call back, Tom. Yeah, four zero one seven six six one two four zero. All right. So, but just uh, as far as the uh, did, did we really t- tackle Charlie's question? In no. The um, okay. Well, the 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 question 
in question, um, was how would one go about cleansing an area like that? And uh, with a, with a quick aside in in sort of understanding some some ancient interpretations, um, I think that just just based on things that I've kind of learned over time, um, it would take a lot of work to to get through it. it it's kind of like um, it's like it's like when you get sick and you don't do anything about it for a really long time and it kind of just gets worse over time. So instead of just, you know, going to a doctor and saying, "All right, well, you know, I have X, you know, disease or, you know, I get a funny feeling in my toe kind of thing." <laughs> Um, at this point, the toe is now in, infected, and you got to do something about it, and it's got to be a more drastic procedure, whatever that may be. And I'm not sure what that would be. Well, what issue with the uh, triangle in in that vicinity and uh, the Bridgewater Triangle is that it's very sparsely populated. Uh, most of the others we deal with, with the exception of Rendlesham Forest, are uh, well, even Rendlesham Forest. We had a neighborhood meeting and, and a talk with people. When you can get people together who live in the area, you can stress the the, the need for positivity. Uh, but there's a great deal of negativity because of the human activity in the Bridgewater Triangle. And, it's, again, there are very few people who live within that. Yeah, and it's The ones who be, do uh, have a lot of interesting stories. It's supposed to be the Wampanoag Reservation, too. Well, they skedaddle and, every yeah, meeting, they like just, once a year. Yeah, and they just they don't said like it's it either. Yeah, too. it's too weird, and they won't stay there. Yeah. so I mean that tells you something too. But there uh, is a long history of cult activity, murders. Uh, your brother and I were there last week at one point, and we were you know kind of in the four wheel drive doing you know going down this alleged road, and th- there was a car parked in the middle of the road. We couldn't get by, and uh, there was a guy in there who didn't look alive. I said, oh, my gosh. So I got out, and I kind of crept up, and I knocked. And fortunately, the, the guy was asleep. So what he's doing there in the, in the middle of this place, in the middle of the day, sleeping, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, to each his own. Nothing wrong with sleep. So he, um, you know, I said, you know, I asked very politely, could you could you just, uh, I'll back up, and, 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 you know, you can go by. And uh, he said, and he waved as he went by, so th- that turned out to be okay. But uh, you just never know when that place is. Terrible history of a, well, it's it's of it's interesting because you know I think I think in our our day and age we um we we have this very odd uh, idea that you know place doesn't matter, right? And mm. that like you know there's no such thing as like a sacred sp- anywhere can be sacred. Which is kind well, of yeah, everywhere kind of is it kind of is yeah but yeah. there are some places that are a little more than others right oh yeah yeah and oh. it's and it's it's like um, I think we we as as good old modern day people kind of tend to forget that mm. and so it's just it's kind of like um, you know there's there's just some places you just you don't go and you're not really sure why maybe it's like some sort of genetic thing. Maybe it's like an ancestral memory. Maybe it's just like a good old gut feeling that you just are like, yeah, I'm just going to steer clear there. If anybody was to go about and, I guess, quote unquote, cleanse it, whatever that means, um, I I think I'm not sure how old one would go about that, Charlie. I'm not sure. I, I, well, I think the, yeah. the more people you have being positive, and I think the answer is, is yes, you can change it, but you need a lot of people coming together as, as a family, and that that's asking a lot today. <laughs> And we should ask a lot because we are a family, mm. and I think we, we can affect it that way. So, uh, but I don't see that happening in that area because there aren't any people. There aren't it, yeah. a lot. Well, well, I'd, I'd ask this question about um, 
that. I mean, there are some areas you're probably not supposed to cleanse. I mean, you can walk into there's a tunnel here in Los Gatos that uh, a bunch of Chinese uh, railroad workers died back in the 1800s, and you can walk into that tunnel and it just feels like I need to leave right now. Yeah. It feels like a place of that. But my question would be um, asked is this: what What are they trying to cleanse exactly? Is it the entire area? Is it their house? Because if they're they're trying to cleanse their house, are there? I know in Hawaiian techniques because I've recently researched. There's tea leaves they'll put at the corner of the house. I'm sure in voodoo and hoodoo there's cleansing techniques. Is that something that you think is possible to do in the flap area to cleanse a uh, a small area? Because maybe that's what they're referring to instead of the entire area. No, I'm pretty sure she's talking about the entire area. Okay. Because um, I mean we've we've talked about it before on on and off the show a couple of different things. You know that it, it's it's kind of like um, the area's sick for lack of better words. And it's yeah, like, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, I mean, she lives in, in Willow Creek, Oregon. So, <laughs> so I'm pretty she's sure. A safe distance. Uh, yeah, exactly. So she, yeah. she gets a, she gets a, a good sort of bird's eye view from Google earth uh, on it if she'd like. Um, but it's, I, I'm pretty sure just, just from the context, um, because, you know, like, like I said, it's supposed to be a Wampanoag reservation, right? And they're just, they're just not there. They won't, they'll only go there once a year for meetings and that's about it. A lot of stories of phantom drivers and phantom course, dogs. The, yeah, the phantom drivers. I mean, uh, with all due respect to our uh, Massachusetts neighbors, of which you are one, Ben. Yes, I am. Uh, the drivers uh, could fit that description at any point. Uh, you know, <laughs> tailgating, disappearing, speeding. That's a, anyway. The closer you get to Worcester, or Boston, the worse we get. Yeah. So thank you, Charlie, for the question. Uh, we have. Who we have next, Ben? Uh, we have uh, Robbie. Robbie. Robbie, uh, who asked us a question on YouTube, um, and we can we can hop into that. So uh, I just wanted to ask to you, Mister Eno, why are the quote unquote old ideas automatically bad? As he said, I I hate to tell him, but old ideas to a degree are correct. His ideas are completely wrong. New methods of detection are always welcome, but that doesn't mean that par- the parallel universe is wrong. All these uh, entities are spiritual, as in religious in nature. All right, I'm not quite sure what the question is, but uh, I, I've had a little back and forth with Robbie by email, by um, message, and um, I think he, he is thinking that that I'm kind of you know, anti-spiritual when it comes to I think probably the paranormal events uh, uh, related to ghost phenomena, this kind of thing. And I think he was listening to a show where I was discussing uh, the Bridgeport case of uh, 1974, where I was uh, working with Ed and Lorraine Warren, and there were was poltergeist activity in uh, to the nth degree in this house, and witnessed by police officers and first responders, and, and this sort of thing. So <clears throat> I don't know if he quite understood that I, I didn't say that just because they were uh, physical, because I had physical entanglement with a couple. Uh, that they were not demons, okay? Because what do you mean by demons? Uh, I don't. We don't use that term generally because of the uh, the baggage it has. And um, I think what we're going to do is uh, we do have a caller. We'll table this question. So we'll, we'll, and we will welcome Tom Spitaleri again to it at the next city council meeting. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so okay. So uh, we have uh, Tom Spitaleri back with us. Hopefully. Tom. Hey, how we doing? Hey, Tom. Welcome to WOON. What's cooking? Oh, and everything's cooking. We got a lot cooking on, especially next year. This year, 
this year is slowing down a little bit, but we're speeding up. We got uh, one quick little ad I want to add on. I forgot to ask you, Paul, but this Saturday night, my good friend and your good friend, Mike Stevens from Granite Sky, is coming to Havel to do a UFO uh, sky watch at Hilldale Cemetery this weekend. I'm thinking Saturday of going night. to that. To raise some money for Hilldale. It's going to be a fun event. We're yes. going to do a little ghost hunt before that, which was unbeknownst to me until Mike put out the video on this thing. I'll share it to your page. You've got to see this thing. Mike did a great job on this thing. Oh, but Mike is terrific. Uh, I just want a little background, everybody. Uh, Tom is uh, found himself uh, the head of the board of trustees of the Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, and he's doing a wonderful really job, doing a tremendous job to to raise money to restore this beautiful historic cemetery. So, so that's what we're talking about. So, go ahead, Tom. And we, we got something coming up in April, huh? And help restore this beautiful old cemetery. We need to raise some funds. And we've been doing it right along, and you've been helping out great with the New England Parafest. But the last two years, due to COVID, you know, things changed a little bit. The finances haven't changed much. They're still in tough shape. So this has been two and a half years in the making. Next year's New England Parafest, uh, Parafest 2022. Wow, it's hardy for me to even think we're almost, you know, 2022. Wow. Yeah. Time's a flying. Yeah, when you're having fun. Yeah, when you're having fun, time flies. So we're going to be doing a huge event. It's going to start Friday, April 15th, and run through Tuesday, April 26th. And let me get this. This is a parafest. This has never been done before in New England, to my knowledge, this type of event. But we're going to try to pull it off. Um, what we're going to title is we have nonprofits signing up from April 15th to April 21st, maybe the 22nd. Then on April 23rd and 24th, we're going to be in Kittery, Maine for your typical type of parafest. And um, some of the great speakers we got coming in is Deb Perkins from Maine. Um, she's going to do something on paranormal. Nina Pelzanini from your neck of the woods, uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhode Island Bigfoot, that's, she's going to be talking about that. A demonologist, Carl Johnson, who's been in the field is almost as long as you have. Oh, yeah, we know Carl, yep. <laughs> uh, Dave McCullough from Massachusetts will be talking about Massachusetts. Big Good old Saturday. Dave, yep. And then we got you, Paul, coming on that Saturday. Don't forget um, Ben. And Ben, yeah. And ben, <laughs> Paul and Ben, yeah, they always come together, Batman and Robin. And then we got Tom D'Agostino. And then we have, uh, who's published, what, about 20 books now, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, easily, yeah. In all realms of the We, we have the same publisher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Matt Moniz, who's and is coming up with, uh, with at least one of the Hewan sisters for sure, maybe both of them, and they're going to talk about UFOs mm-hmm. and their experiences. And I had Matt on this week, and he's quite the UFO researcher. Oh, yeah. Then um, we have... Um, Mike Stevens coming to speak about UFOs. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to do from 12 to 1. Thank you again, Paul and Moon Radio, for this. We're going to do a live broadcast from 12 to 1. Is that correct? Of, of this show, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, on this show, yep. Yeah. We'll do a roundtable discussion with some of the speakers. That should be fun. That's a popular then, uh, popular way to do the show. Yes. And then we have uh, Nate Brislin, young, young kid who works at the International Cryptozoology Museum, who runs a bunch of cryptid pages. 
you're into crypto, probably seen him on. He did a hour and a half movie on Maine Bigfooting. So he's going to be talking about Maine Bigfooting. And then Connecticut Paranormal Research is also coming up on Sunday to speak. Excellent. So we got a we got a weekend full of people coming, and we still might end this on. We may start. We may run this Friday night. Run a three night talk. I'm just waiting on a couple more people to call up and see if we can do it. Well, it sounds exciting. And uh, we do, we do have a link on our charity page to the Hilldale Cemetery and. Uh, as soon as um, we get all the information, we're going to put it on our website for the Parafest, and we're going to yes. be promoting that. We're going to be hearing a lot from Tom uh, as as yes. that uh, date approaches. Not as far away as it sounds. So, no, Excellent. not when you put an event like this on. Believe it or not, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Tom, thank you so much for calling in. We'll look forward to talking to you again, and maybe we'll see Bye. you at Hilldale uh, in a couple of yes. days. All right, thank you, Paul. All right. have a great day. Yep, bye bye. Thank bye-bye. you. Okay, so. Um, yeah, so as far as Robbie's question, uh, to kind of get back, yeah. um, I don't know if he fully understood what I was saying. Uh, and, and we always say, you know, the old ideas, the old ideas being that it's, it's about dead people, maybe that's correct. I've never seen it in over 50 years. Uh, I think there are other explanations that are weirder, but... Um, uh, well, well, uh, maybe uh, I'd like to get maybe into more of Robbie's points uh, as we go um, in the next open line show because I, I, it just came in yesterday. I haven't digested it yet. I, I have a lot of questions s- in front of it. I can see what he. I can see what he's saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think the, the argument is, if all these entities have been around forever, then arguably there's some sort of religious significance to them. Well, what do you mean by forever? I mean, if all time and space are simultaneous, as uh, the special theory of relativity suggests, and and uh, also modern physics suggests, then then everything is forever. I mean, what do you mean by forever? I mean, again, you have to be have a certain amount of the island theory and uh, sequential time in order to believe some of this. And you know, there could be a religious agenda here. And I'm I'm often being blamed because of my seminary background. For not embracing other people's religious beliefs. No, well, so. the, I, I, I see what he, I see what he's saying, and there's a lot of fundamental questions that have to be asked. Yeah, One, which is how does time function? Which is it's based on a perceived reality. There's no well, exactly. Yeah. There's no there's no such thing there. You got to understand your terms. All right. So what are we talking about? Right. Yes. The term demon didn't even mean demon before. It no, it didn't. Kinda, it just kind of meant like a spirit to kind of help people out. Socrates yeah, talks the, about having... Yeah, a, the Greeks, a, yeah, the, right. game, the, the, the yep. term comes from a Greek word. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, are, are we talking about, you know, lowercase g gods, you know? What, yeah. are, what are We have to understand what we're referring to. A lot of to. people would say yes. Right. Religious... Uh, if if uh, we're going to talk about it like that, view. I think the problem is we have this, this very... Um, this very weird understanding of history, thanks to our our 19th century German friends, who basically <laughs> turned history into a science. Where you know it's like you know everything. One of the, my favorite things I learned about Karl Marx was that uh, his theory was that all history was based on class struggle. Everything in history was well, based Karl Marx on, was an idiot. He was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so we have. I think I think the understanding is you know we have to come from understanding that our ancestors were experiencing a reality that we just don't experience now, right? You know, yeah. we're we're looking at subjective observations of an objective reality, right? You know, just because we don't see minotaurs today 
doesn't mean they it's not possible that minotaurs haven't been seen before. You know, now you're seeing things King pop. of cryptids. Right. You can or you can even see nowadays people are getting really into skinwalkers. It's mm. it, and 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 you know canine cryptids which are just fun materialistic ways of saying werewolves, right? I mean, you know, it's uh it's we have to understand that these are subjective experiences and ob- an objective reality. Just because they're old doesn't mean they're dumb, right? Right, right, right. But we also have to understand that we experience things just differently, right? You know, if you sent us back to, like, ancient Greece, and like, okay, well, let's let's just assume they speak English, and we talk to these people, you know, the, the way that the sentences would be constructed and their experiences, we, we couldn't relate. We just, we wouldn't be able to relate to most of it. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, just because, well, not all old ideas are wrong, I think we're understanding them differently. Yes, I think you're right. Rick, you want to jump in here before the break? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, it's interesting to how, uh, listening to you, Ben, and, and the, the question from the person, basically uh, the, the points of view in this field, like how they all come from different points of view, and it's really where you anchor yourself to, whether it's religion or some other spiritual or universal or however you want to look at it. And I think one of the challenges that we have to look at when we get a question like that is how do you merge all those into something that we can all agree upon? And I think that's the challenge. Yeah, um, it is. Well, yeah, well, religion is our response to our experience of God, <clears throat> whether as a group or as an individual. And it's not, an, it's not an end in itself. It's supposed to be a tool. And... Yeah. Um, Anyway, over millennia, things can be misunderstood and mistranslated, things like that. But it, but but that but very good question, and we'll deal more with with Robbie's uh, uh, further points uh, in another show. Uh, and we have a caller. We do, but we should go to break first. We'll go to break first. Okay, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben and Rick Eno on WON twelve forty AM and ninety nine five FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And we shall be right back, so stick with us. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben in Rick Eno on WO one twelve forty AM, 99.5 FM. And we have a caller who, uh, welcome to WON and Behind the Paranormal. Hi. Uh, hi. So uh, well, what's, um, th- there's a case that <clears throat> we really didn't have a chance to look at, but you can explain it, can you? I can do sure. it. Yeah, Rick, why don't you, why don't you uh, pinch hit here for me? Yeah, let me let me do a lead into this. Uh, so um, this is actually a case where there is. And I'm going to summarize and let the caller explain it. But a case where um, there's an old piece of furniture over 200 years old. Oh right. Um, that's been in the family for generations, and basically um, there was no problems with it at all until probably around. I'm going to assume like five years ago or, or something like that. Anyways, to summarize it, what's happening is the um, a healer has recognized that there 
uh, is something in that piece of furniture that is trying to attach itself to, uh, or has attached itself in quite for some time to a young girl. And so that's the lead-in, and I'll let the caller handle the rest. Okay. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, so um, this piece of furniture has been in my husband's family for many generations, and the reason why, what prompted me to call a healer was because my daughter, over a number of years, has been really suffering from depression and anxiety, and it's really come to, you know, a head, and so we were just desperate to seek any kind of help. So being that I'm from Hawaii, um, you know, I was told about a healer in Hawaii. I don't live there anymore. I moved to California, and so I arranged this meeting. In this meeting, the healer had no idea where I was located but knew my house and said, if you enter your house, turn right and another right, what do you have in there? And I described um, what was there. It was a guest room. And then I said, there's a dresser. And he goes, that's what I'm, that's what, you know, the guides are telling me to do. There's a spirit that is attached to that dresser that has now, or an entity that is now, you know, um, within your daughter and is very negatively impacting her. And he also said, without me knowing it, without him knowing anything, that dresser's really, really old. Who did it belong to? And I said, my husband's grandparents. He was like, no, it's even older than that. And the history of that dresser, from what I understand, it was brought over from Europe. Um, and it's very, very old. And, um, no, and it, just, it happened about five years ago. It start, the crazy started happening five years ago. So, so uh, what do you think? Well, uh, one, one question for you. It started five years ago. When did you move? Did you move in uh, California? Like, were you in a previous house and then you moved here? And that's when the behavioral changes started? Yeah, so we relocated. We were in Los Angeles uh, for a number of years. And then about maybe six, six years ago, we moved from Los Angeles up to Northern California. And the dresser came with us. Okay. And up okay. until that point there was there was no sort of activity, nothing? No. It was totally fine. I mean, it was very happy. I mean, there was nothing going on and you know, after we got up to Northern California, it, it seemingly was fine and then it really wasn't fine. It, then things started slowly declining, especially with my daughter. Um, you know, this healer had told me that my daughter is like an empath, you know, is like very empathetic and picks up on feelings of people and is not able to tune it out. So, and she's, um, she was about eight years old at the time of, you know, five years ago. She's now, you know, 13. All right. Well, uh, the way you describe it and the way you say the healer describes it is, uh, very plausible, but I've never seen it. Um, in, in that way, I think that for, for, you have to keep your feet on the ground in these situations, or you can just go all off. You know, really, uh, it, it can get pretty crazy. I think the first thing I would do, and you, and hopefully you've already done this, uh, is to look at all other non-paranormal possibilities, medical possibilities for your daughter's condition, uh, other causes, that sort of thing, uh, and then if uh, if that all works out then you might want to look at a paranormal explanation uh, as a last resort. Now, I've seen time and again uh, what, what are generally considered to be, quote, haunted objects. And um, I was on the Travel Channel in 2002 
talking about this very thing at one of the Newport, Rhode Island mansions. Uh, there was a haunted suit of armor. <clears throat> and they wanted to know, okay, well, well, what is this about? And they expected to say, well, there's a spirit that lives in the armor. Well, first of all, spirits are, uh, as, you know, discarnate entities are problematic from the laws of physics in our world anyway. But having them sort of live in an object is, as I think, um, a very poor explanation for what's actually happening. Uh, I described, and the director didn't like this, of this presentation, Curses of New England, that um, you have in, in physics the notion of the consciousness wave. Uh, picture it as a, um, uh, an LP vinyl record, say, or even a CD with lumps mm-hmm. in it, okay? It's all on the same plane, as it were, maybe goes around and round, uh, but the lumps are the people and things that we know that are part of our consciousness, okay? Uh, which end, mm-hmm. ends up being a group consciousness. So, so this, this, this dresser, uh, would, if, if it's, uh, you know, certainly very old, uh, has been uh, part of the consciousness really of the entire family. And, uh, th- there could be, uh, entities that say, yeah, did you ever see the, the Harry Potter movies with the port keys? You know, everybody grabs it and they yeah. go somewhere else. Uh, I think that, 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 I'm not wild about those movies, but I think that that, that is, a, is a rather good illustration of what can happen with these things. They could be, as it were, intersect points for other personalities. Uh, they may be ancestors, they may be descendants, who in the future will have it, because time and space is really all simultaneous. Einstein essentially proved that in the special theory of relativity. Uh, or it could be, uh, I know that as Rick has suggested to you, uh, a, a way for parasites to get into your world and uh, start to feed, which means they generally push buttons and mess things up. So all these things are possibilities. Uh, I'd really have to kind of see the object. Uh, but the, the fact that, as, as Ben brought out, uh, had you when you answered Ben's question, it didn't happen until you moved to a certain place, indicates, I think, exactly what I'm saying. It's not just the consciousness wave. It's all sorts of environmental factors, including electromagnetic fields, uh, as Rick was pointing, a high water tables, clay and sandy soils, all sorts of things that, that will make it easier for these energies to flow in our physical world, as it were. And I hope I'm not being too complicated here, but I, I think we may be looking at, uh, at something like that. Uh, ben, any further thoughts on that? Um, and Rick, too? Well, Rick, if you have thoughts, because I could go on a diatribe, and you never know. <laughs> but I love your diatribes, so please, Ben, you first. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess... Um, Huh. I, I do think, I think it's interesting that moving from one location to another had an effect, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, as, as I was saying earlier on, on the air, which unfortunately you were not on with us, um, place is a very important thing that I think is really played down in our, our modern world, that, you know, space is a very Im- important thing, right? So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. making a space your own or whatever has some sort of significance. We're not really sure why. But for whatever reason, there's a, there's a significance there, um, or you know, there's some sort of self-help thing to that. But it's you know, it's, there's something significant about something being your your space. In in this case, wherever you've moved in California, um, California happens to be plagued with with many different um, seismic act, much you know, ton of seismic activity, sandy soils, high water tables. Um, in effect, it's really uh, kind of like a geographically terrible place to live. It's um, 
as having many friends that live live in in LA, uh, you know, they they love to tell me how how fun it is when there's earthquakes, and <laughs> I still can't get over that because you know I'm Rhode, Rhode Island kid forever, unfortunately. Anyway, um, I I think that one of the really important things, you know, even even at the end of the day, you know, regardless of of very in-depth physics, um, it, or you know, medic, medical anomalies, or, or a- anything in that in that realm, is that you know, you kind of have to come together as as a family and and make the space your space, if you will. You know, cap capital Y, everybody's space. You know, because mm-hmm. it's yours, right? So it's you know, you have to really bring in a lot of um, love and a lot of you know, just. I, for lack of better words, not to sound super mushy, positive energy in, into the mix, right? Because, um, you know, whatever, if, if there's an entity involved, whatever that entity is, thrives off of, of, of chaos in, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's, it's, it's feeding on, if there is an entity, um, or if, if there's no entity at all, right? You know, and you're just, you just happen to be experiencing some sort of anomaly based on, you know, geographical evidence from, Basically anywhere in California. <laughs> um, well, also, right. uh, too, uh, children are often treated uh, in the sense that, that, that they need to be handled with kid gloves when it comes to these things. I've never found that. Children see everything. And uh, did you say your daughter was eight years old? She was eight when all this started happening. Oh. And now she just she just turned 13. Oh, okay. And so it's been, progress- it's been progressively getting worse and worse. Okay. And so she's definitely not the same child that she was at eight. Obviously, you know, she's growing into being her own person, pushing boundaries, but I, I feel it really goes beyond that. And um, yeah. she doesn't even like to look at videos of, him, of herself when she was younger, and she's like, that's not me. I'm not that person. This is a classic, so uh, yeah, uh, the, you see this in, in some cases where, of course, uh, entering a very turbulent time of life, there are things that could take advantage of that. Uh, I think communication, as well as love, is very, very essential at this point. Uh, I always believe that parents should be parents, not, not buddies to their children, uh, but there is a certain closeness that, that can be achieved beyond buddiness, so to speak, if I'm coining a term, uh, by being, you know, a parent and, and, and communicating. As I say, whether eight or 14, they see everything. So you want to make sure you have all the information about what's happening. Um, I understand your concern. I've seen it many times. It bears watching. Um, I, I don't know about outside activities. Uh, that's very important at their age, you know, to, in order to, to uh, expend energy outside the home. Uh, sports mm-hmm. or whatever. I know the COVID thing has been very difficult, especially on the West mm-hmm. Coast. So th- these are all questions, uh, if you'd like to speak privately, that, that we could, sure. uh, you know, get to rather than just do it on the air. Um, okay, well, well, why don't you be in touch with Rick? And if, uh, with your permission, he could give me the contact information and we could talk. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good. Well, thank you very much. We're not we're not mentioning your name, uh, but uh, we will be in touch. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Th- thank you, Rick. Uh, welcome. Okay. So Ben. Yes. Who we got next? Oh. Uh, oh. 
Well, let me uh, flip my, my paper over here. We got uh, a local one, Meg from Blackstone, Massachusetts, uh, writes to us, I think your theories about the paranormal make sense. I really enjoy uh, your talks at the Blackstone Library. Uh, but do you have any paranormal cases or paranormal experiences where you or others encounter the parallel future instead of just the past? Oh, that's a good question. It is a very good question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we do. Uh, there, there are some theories that um, the UFOs and their occupants that are sometimes seen are indeed future people, sometimes from the remote future. Even in the Reynolds Forest case, there have been examples of uh, people who uh, believe that these were time travelers, essentially. And uh, since time doesn't exist that way, uh, you move sideways rather than forwards and backwards, as a, as a physicist told me. Uh, that, that could very easily be uh, sort of something from the future rather than, you know, a Marie Antoinette uh, skipping through the gardens of uh, wherever, you know, Paris and you know before the revolution, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so so th- there's that. Uh, just I'll turn this over to the other fellows here, but uh, when we first moved into our house, where, where you essentially grew up, Ben, here mm. in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, um, I put a dark room into our basement because, believe it or not, these were the days when you'd still develop your own film and all this stuff, and then things weren't digital. Uh, and uh, it was uh, an unfinished basement at the time. And I kept, there was something, someone in the corner uh, over where my office is now. Now, in, in, in future years, uh, that would have been, uh, the basement was refinished, and I put my office in a corner over there where I spend like 90% of my time during working periods when we're not out, uh, you know, chasing Bigfoot or being chased by something, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and it was like I knew, I was looking at myself, an- another facet of myself, which of course would be today over in that corner. It just—it wasn't like scary or haunting or anything, but there was some—it was someone there, and I think it was me. Mm. So that's just a personal example. Uh, Rick or Ben, what? I'll go first, I guess. Um, you know, what's fascinating about that question is, I think a lot of people have these instances. I've always believed this: that déjà vu isn't just uh, a firing of the brain synapse. Déjà vu is um, something that you're either experienced in the timeline. Um, either before, after, or during. Um, I've always thought that, like in the instance you're talking about right now, where you see yourself in the corner or feel yourself in the corner, I can think of lots of instances where um, I feel I've been somewhere before or I'm even there now, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, So I've always thought that kind of played into it, and I thought it was a much more common experience than we, we think about. I, I can't think of anyone who hasn't experienced déjà vu in some way or, or form. Oh, exactly, uh, Ben. Yes, uh, you know it's it's interesting. Um, I, I think I don't know. I, I feel like we we talk a lot about about time and how it doesn't really matter, uh, <laughs> but somehow we still manage to perceive it. There was a really interesting article I read um, a while ago, which was called um, the. Uh, the earth is flat most of the time <laughs> and um it's 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 a really interesting article i highly recommend it um it's by this guy named jonathan pajot who's a really interesting dude and um he writes that 
he was like, yeah, scientifically we know that the world is round, but the way we perceive it is flat, right? We don't mm. perceive the the world being round. Um, you know, we just well, unless you're in space. Well, right, yeah. Which, how many of us have gone to space? Raise your hands. Well, depends on <laughs> how you mean going to space, anyway. Right, yeah. Well, you know, then we get really, really get down into uh, epistemology, anyway. Um, but essentially, the the idea is that you know how we perceive things, right, is is kind of our, our reality, w- whether it's right or wrong, right. So it's like you know because there's an objective reality, but how we perceive it is really the important is well is is just kind of how it happens, right? So we perceive everything as being flat, um, but the same goes for time, right? You know, we we perceive there being a, a, a past, present, future, but it's not really there. You know, as much as we try to get by it and live timelessly, um, unfortunately, we live in a world that forces us by rigorous time frames, right? You know, because we're trying to control everything. You know, if if we really wanted to get get real crazy and just say, well, time doesn't exist, we we would just keep going with the show and never stop, right? Mm. You know, but unfortunately, we, we had, could today with all these questions. We could, but unfortunately, we only <laughs> have about a little, uh, almost about twelve minutes left in this hour, and mm. then we're gone. But so unfortunately, as much as we say time doesn't exist, we're stuck to this sort of construct of okay, well this thing's ticking, therefore time exists. Right. So it, it's it, in in sort of a paranormal, you know, we're going to put it in a paranormal cubicle here. Um, you know, I, I think I think how we perceive the experience is is the important thing, right? You know, if you if you perceive a Civil War soldier in front of you, who's to say that the Civil War isn't going on right now or in the future or you know going on in the past or or whatever but the important thing is you know it, it doesn't matter because it's happening right now in, in the only thing that we can know is going on is what's happening now and even then i'm not even sure what's happening right you know mm. at one point my coffee was full and now it's not what happened i drank it i guess but who knows i drank it. maybe you did yeah. maybe you secretly like coffee and after a all of these years, you drink coffee. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, see? that's Parallel worlds only. Exactly. So the idea is that the only thing that we really know is now. And, um, you know, we can plan and plan and plan. That's why I never really make plans for the future, because I have no clue what's going to happen in two seconds, let alone in five years. Because it's, you know, I just do the best I can with what I have. And the same goes with the paranormal, which is we work with the data we have, which really isn't much. Yes. So, there we have, Rick, a couple of quick comments because there's one more question I want to get to. Okay, no, I, I think this uh, is actually really applicable to everything we talked about today. You know, when you, we opened up before the show, you were telling me um, the uh, fire hose worth of questions we're getting. And the funny part about it is they all are on the same topic, feeding into here. So maybe something is going on right now, spiritually with the questioning on this show. <laughs> yeah. All we know is uh, now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, it would be the end of the world as we know it if we didn't have a question from Peter Shelley yeah. in, in uh, Colombia, <laughs> South America. So um, uh, we're, he has a question about what happens when you die. I don't think we can do that in a few minutes. No, probably not. So no. we'll uh, go to the, the question he just sent in. Uh, Sue, Peter writes to us, uh, this is a question for Rick. Uh, so, latest UFO cases that you've investigated, you have ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let me just say I'm not in the best mood because I, uh, Paul, I'd love to hear your experience of this. I just got hoaxed really bad on a, on a case. And, it, it, I, you know, you put a lot of hours in, you get this thing ready, 
and then all of a sudden you figure out quickly like oh god I've, I've been been stooped so um, that was my latest case and I'll just tell you I'm not going to tell you much about it except the fact where it started going south was when the uh, one of the witnesses was identifying themselves as Jesus Christ living on Angel Street in heaven that should have been uh, up front but sometimes Angel Street yeah Angel Street, mm. and it got weirder from there. And the thing is, when you get a case, sometimes it, these people don't have always. They're normal people, right? They they have unique emails, unique names. I know Jesus is a popular name. I know people actually named Jesus Christ. So I, I take it all very seriously. But it, the the case started to unravel, and then I almost get comedic after about twenty hours worth of work. So. Um, you know, and that's the side of uh, the UFO cases you're not really going to hear out there. Um, but that's one of the most painful ones I've, uh, I've just had. That was not fun. Paul, have you ever been in that situation where you, you find out you're getting hoaxed? Uh, yes. Well, sometimes people don't know they're hoaxing. I mean, yeah. we had cases. Uh, you, I don't know. You, you were involved in that case in Providence. There was a, a, a lovely family. Yes. Uh, who, uh, I mean, it was like pareidolia on steroids. They... They would see strange shapes in the sheets or the towels piled on the floor, and uh, they were convinced the place was haunted. That there would be obvious lens effects in the uh, security cameras outside, and and they would say, "Well, it's you know, it's it's ghosts or UFOs or something, you know, orbs." And uh, you just and, and you you couldn't argue with them, you know, they were <laughs> just convinced. And so it wasn't really a hoax. They were very sincere, but it was a waste of, of our time. And I uh, got to the point where um, the the lady, lovely, wonderful person, uh, was calling me all the time, and Ben's mom was getting a little bit upset about. It. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just I kind of had to put a stop to it. But it just um, th- there are a lot of people today who want to be on TV, whereas uh, when I started out, nobody wanted to be anywhere near that for publicity. Right. So mm. yeah, so I did. I don't know about you, Ben. You, know, uh, you work on your own sometimes. Well. Um I don't think I don't think it's hoaxes so much as 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 uh, you know sort of misunderstandings of very normal stuff. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, true. I I uh, I went to um, I I played you know pick up basketball with a couple of guys from this this school in, in northern Massachusetts, and it's it's this little little tiny private school. It's uh, you'd probably really like it, Dad, because it looks like an old English manor in the in the <laughs> middle of of these these woods, and um, it's a really really kind of cool place. But What's the name of the school? Uh, I will not give it out because okay. that is I don't that feel Deerfield. No, 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 no. I have a lot of friends there. No, 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 anyway, no. Right. No, you've probably never heard of it. It's only been made within the last like thirty years. Oh, so mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's an interesting yeah, place. I had a lot of lot of friends that two hundred years old. As as we were driving up, um, good friend of mine who's driving me driving me up there because we live in the same area. Was uh, was saying, oh yeah, there was uh, all this stuff happening. You know, this guy you was know, committed a bunch of murders in these woods and blah blah blah, and they call it Blood Forest. And I was like, that sound. I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, you'd really like it. It's paranormal stuff. And I'm like, okay. So we, so we get to this place and I'm looking at it and um I'm like, and they're like, oh yeah, we saw like you know lights turn on here and all this stuff happening. I'm just like, this place is super old. When's the last time the the electrical's been updated? And they were like. Oh, I don't know, and it's like, well, you probably have faulty wiring, yeah. and it's like, who knows if if it hasn't been updated <laughs> since like you know the early 1900s, <laughs> like well, burns down, blame it on ghosts. Well, right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, right? You know, you could have electrical leaks, like you know, it's it, 
middle middle of you know like sand pit country, so it's got you know sandy soils. You know, it's 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 raining like it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, super wet area, marshes. It's like okay, well, all of this could be very easily explained. I'm pretty sure it's not you know some crazy guy that probably didn't exist. You know, <laughs> like so. I think you know it, it's 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 um. I don't think I've ever been hoaxed, but it's like, you know, living where where anybody does, right? You know, there's always urban legends and stuff, and people take it very seriously. They do, especially in schools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can tell you about a case up near Worcester at that time. It's in, uh, it's in my book, uh, Faces, I should say, Footsteps in the Attic. Mm. But in any case, I think we're uh, we probably better get into our announcements here. Um, and thank you to everyone who sent in all these great questions. We'll pick them up in our next Open Line show. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully get to all of them there, and then we'll pile up. We're going to have to do two shows back-to-back, I think, at some point again. All right, so uh, on July 3rd, in an arrangement that came together quite suddenly, Ben and I were able to interview the legendary Jacques Vallée, along with our friend and science journalist, Paulo Lupizzi Harris. The subject was the little-known Trinity UFO crash of 1945, which took place uh, in New Mexico nearly two years before the much better known Roswell crash. Paula and Dr. Vallee recently interviewed two surviving witnesses who actually saw the crash and recovered debris from the craft. Uh, this interview is now uh, on the Behind the Paranormal Case Files YouTube channel. And Ben, I don't know if you want to say anything about that channel. Um, yeah, you can you can just look us up on, on YouTube, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, or just... Type in our names. Eventually, you'll find something about us. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, good, and, <laughs> and it should and it should lead you to to our, our YouTube channel. All of our our past shows are on there. We have a couple special videos that we have on there from various cases and whatnot. We're hoping to do more with it. Um, you know, as as uh, time, unfortunately, we are we are we are stuck to that that rigorous clock. Uh, there's, there's not, you know, we're do, doing the best we can with what we have. <laughs> so, okay, very good. But this yep. should, this should be a really, it was, it's, it was a really fascinating interview. I was excited. I'm pretty sure I've never seen my dad as excited for anything in his life. Well, he's been a hero of mine since. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how, you know, he's a lot older than I am. Now you were a little starstruck. I've never seen you like that before. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't take. It doesn't really happen. I've never seen it. it never, no. never seen it happen. People don't impress me generally, but no. uh, he does. Anyway, there we are. So, YouTube channel uh, behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Yes, and our show now has its own app. Uh, it's bare bones. Uh, just uh, most of our, our past shows are on there, so you can check us out on that. Um, but we do plan to add features as we go. Should be on uh, the Apple and Google stores uh, soon. And there's a link at behindtheparanormal.com if you'd like to not wait that long and download it there. Uh, check out our books along with those of our great guest co-hosts at our show website. Rick, you have to write a book. Now, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, where you also can find more about uh, the show, our many cases over the years, our public appearances, and how to book us, along with some of the our 900-plus free recorded shows from our 13-plus uh, years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio. And uh, we've almost got them all be- uploaded again. There will be some, uh, some uh, I'd say another month or two, we'll, we'll have them all there. Uh, past shows back to 2009, almost 2008, are also available on the major podcast platforms, including YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Paranormal Radio App from TalkStream Live, and more. And on our website, uh, we have our charity page with several links to charities that we uh, have adopted on the show. And now we have added a new charity, which is Hope for Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts. And we had uh, Tom Spitaleri, the head of the, the board there, um, and he does a lot of great work, doing an amazing job. Amazing guy. 
Indeed, and you know, if you if you're from New England, then you understand. You know, these historic cemeteries they're usually you know falling apart, decrepit. Does a great job up there, um, and other charities include USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Helping Haiti's Orphans, Youth Mentoring Connections in Los Angeles, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, and the Sisterhood of Ground Zero, along with the Milk Fund here in Northern Rhode Island. Rick, what's going on with you, Rick? Well, I'm hoping to see you in a month or two in Arizona. That would be outstanding. Or is yeah. that in October? When was that a possibility? Was that October? Yeah, well, I've, I've been asked to speak there, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping to do that. Also, I'm working three cases right now. I'm trying to put some together so I can come on the show and do a quick hit on three cases that are happening. I'm just trying to refine them down, and uh, we'll see when that comes together. Okay, we're, we're out of time. Um, we'll let you guess about next week. Anyway, I'm Paul Eno. I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Rick Eno. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Yeah. I just I just texted it to you. Her name is Claire.